Well, the book of Proverbs has a lot to say to us. And I thought it would be really good this summer that we spend some time there. Encourage you to read a chapter a day. If you did that, you'd be amazed to see how God unpacks in your life practical wisdom. And that's what this book is, is all about. It's really about practical wisdom. Feet on the ground, how do we live? But it's important to realize as I approach this book, and often I want to give you principles to help us better interpret the Bible, that the, the book of Proverbs gives us general principles but not universal absolutes. If you press the book for universal absolutes, you find yourself getting in trouble. For example, if you're righteous, you will be blessed. If you're honest, you will be best, and things will be good, good for you. And if you're wicked, it's going to go bad. Well, he's given us a general principle. If a person is honest and has integrity, works hard, those kinds of things, most likely the result is that there's going to be blessing that flows from it. But you and I know well, even in the teachings of Jesus in the New Testament, that there isn't a promise for us that if we follow and do righteousness, that all the good things are going to flow from us in our lives. So as we approach these, these are observations that they're making, good observations, true observations, right observations, about the general flow of life, but you can't push the universal principle. I want you to think about, because at the end of the message, I want to take a little bit of time just to answer this question. I'm going to ask you to answer the question, because we need to encourage each other. How has someone's words encouraged you? I don't want to spend our time on the words that, are, that have hurt us so deeply, and many of us, all of us, in fact, have been hurt by somebody's words, but I'd rather say, how have we been encouraged in your life? By encouraging words. I think that's really, really important. So the power of words. I think this area is the most difficult area to spiritually master. This is, I think, the most difficult one. That saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me, is so absolutely far from the truth. Words penetrate deeply into our heart, and they hurt words that are destructive. That's why I gave you a stone as you came in. You take this with you, I encourage you. Sometimes it's nice to have an object to say, or it's a reminder. Sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never harm me is so far from the truth. One of the regrets I have when I was growing up that I wasn't strong enough to stand up for the week when I was in high school. Because there was always people that were being picked on. There was always unkind words that were given to people and it always seemed to, to be certain kinds of people. There was a fellow in our youth group that literally destroyed a gal. She was a little, little bit heavy, but she was quite pretty and she was a wonderful person. And I have to say that this fellow literally destroyed her by, her, by her, his words. She never did recover from high school in her life. It spiraled so bad her life, and it was because he was constantly, constantly saying horrible things about her, and my greatest regret of all is I didn't stand up and stop him. Words hurt deeply. We see in our culture, I've never seen in, in my lifetime such out of control the words that are being expressed towards people. There's one thing of honesty. There's one thing about caring enough to confront. All that is good and well. But I have never seen such horrible, horrible interchange in culture. But we must do better as the people of faith in the kingdom of God. Oh, I remember, I can never forget one of my most embarrassing, terrible situations. We were all piled in the car up deer hunting and going away from dinner together. Back then, you could just pile in. You need seat belts. And I was sitting on my brother's lap and and I started t laying into my cousin who I thought was in the other car. 
he happened to be two seats over from me in there. And my brother's poking me and hitting me and poking me. And I said, cut it out. What are you doing? And I ripped into my cousin. And here he was to hear it. You can't take those things back. There's no way all I can do is say, <laughs> I may be even sorry, but I said those words. I'll never forget that incident in my life. Maybe you've received a phone call from someone who says, I want to tell you about so-and-so or a text. I'll say, wait a minute. May I quote you? There's usually a long pause. And then they say, well, I'm not so sure that would be a good idea. Inevitably, my answer would be that I'm not interested in hearing what you have to say. If you're not interested in putting your name on it, if you're not interested in being there when we confront the individual, I'm not interested in listening to what you have to say. And the rumor has ruled many a souls, hasn't it? There's so much in this area when you think about. The latter fall, we're going to be looking at the book of James. It's a fantastic book. You looked at this book here at Roosevelt before I came, just before I came. We're going to look at it again. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set fire by one small spark. We see that out west, don't we? The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of one's life, notice that, on fire. And itself set on fire by hell. No one can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's so true. The words we speak have enormous impact in the lives of people. Jesus gets to the central issue. People were coming to him and asking him questions about food and defilement and what defiles. And of course, in the ancient Jewish culture, the food they ate defiled them based upon the ancient law. But Jesus made it very, very clear that the things come out of the mouth come from the heart. Evil thoughts, false testimony, and slander. And I want you to walk away with one central principle here this morning, a few, but this is one of them. All we are and become flows from our relationship with God. You can gauge your relationship with God on how you speak to others. I think this is absolutely the best gauge of where you really are spiritually. I'm gonna say that again. The best gauge for your relationship with God is determined by how you speak to others. I believe this is the most important issue in the Christian life. And it flows from a secure relationship with God when we have some sort of mastery over this. It's going to be indicative of a relationship that's in tune with God when one has a degree of mastery over how we speak. If you find a person that control their words and how they speak to another person, I want to encourage you to get to know that person. You do find a person who really has some mastery and a person that's careful in what they say, you get to know them because I would, I would be sure to note that they have a deep spiritual life. I have two people in my life in the past, and there's more. There's people in this church that exemplify that. But one of the presidents, former presidents, at Oak Hills Christian College, Dave Smith, I've never heard him say a, a hurt, hurtful word to anybody in all my interaction with him, not once. I think my brother Tom is also a person who exemplifies that. He's very careful with what he says. And he exemplifies, I think, this kind of quality, spiritual quality, that has some mastery over how we speak. So this morning, for a few moments, I just want to look at four representative passages that were read that deal with our words, how we speak to others, and may God instruct us this morning. 
The first passage is Proverbs 21, 23. If we could turn to that. And it's in the NIV, TNIV, and in the message. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Those who guard their mouths and tongues keep them from calamity. This is a proverb that builds, the concept build on one another. There's various forms of proverbs. This one builds on the one concept and you have another concept. Guard, to protect, it means to protect. To be careful, to control what we say. Know when we speak and know when to be silent. That's discernment, isn't it? Say what is right, say what is helpful, say what is fitting. Avoid what is false, destructive, unjustly painful, and damaging to others. The overarching principle in the book of Proverbs is guard what you say. Guard what you say. Protect what you say. Be careful what you say. Know how to speak and when to speak and when to be silent. If not, you're going to be in the middle of trouble. You're going to be middle, in the middle of hurtful situations. You're going to be in the midst of distress of your conscience. You're going to have sorrow caused by careless words that breaks relationships, and they're very, very difficult to repair. A family in our church, this fellow writes, uh, Gary Preston, recently had their basement finished by a contractor, and the process ended in a nightmare. I somehow got caught in the middle of the dispute. As the conflict escalated, I got calls from both sides, each trying to use me to reinforce their case. Such conversation quickly turned negative. The homeowner once told me, not only does the contractor do shoddy work, but I've heard stories about his, he's unethical, and he has been, he's unethical in paying his former employees. The contractor was guilty of the same kind of talk. Eventually, I too found myself succumbing to the temptation of letting my knowledge of the other party leak out in conversation with each side. Soon I caught myself and moved back to a neutral position. But by then, but by then, I had already said too much. One party confronted me about my loose tongue. I had to admit my error to both parties. In the end, my error turned out to be a lesson for all three of us to learn. Conflict has a way, doesn't it, of growing a small snowball into a full-scale avalanche. A conflict has the potential to mar the integrity of all sides involved. This proverb is so important. Those, we have to guard what we say. Guard what we say. People have trouble in this area, and I myself. It's not an easy area for me. What I have to do in my life is take a step back. When I'm ready to say something or respond inappropriately, respond out of anger, whatever it may be, I've got to say, take a step back before I speak. Take a moment, take a step back before you say something. Think about before we speak because we have to guard our hearts, guard our mouths. Otherwise, we have calamity. The second one is Proverbs 10:11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Isn't that an interesting one? It conceals violence. Fountain of life, this, this again, this inward heart. In Ezekiel 47, it talks about this inward, miraculous healing waters of the heart. Psalm 36, living waters. And it also has a correlation to our relationship with God. He is the one that we get this deep, living waters. The relationship with him is essential. We receive from God and we overflow in the lives of others. You have to have a sound relationship with God to be a fountain of life. What it does, 
when we're a fountain of life. It gives encouragement, builds people up. Have a, it has a wholesome effect. I spent a lot of time in the hospitals visiting people in, in stores and very many places, and I always look for the person who does what we call the menial tasks. From a kingdom standpoint, no task is menial, but from a human standpoint, the menial tasks. People cleaning in the hallways, people cleaning, and I always look for them. And they, some of them do a magnificent job. They keep the places wonderfully clean. And I always seek them out because I want to say an encouraging word to them. I want to tell you how much I appreciate that you do such a great job keeping this place clean. And it almost catches them by surprise, which means there's not too many people that really even see or care what they do. But I care. And those, those encouraging words mean a lot. And when I see the person the next time, they, they brighten up. Encouraging words. Only speak words that are purpose of encouraging and helping people grow. I like the, this expression, the wicked conceal their violence. People who are wicked are slick. The text says a dark cave of abuse and malice and mischief and deceitfulness is in the heart of those folks and the life is sucked out of people. But they hide their true intentions. They really are violence, which means they want to tear people down. But they're slick. But their underlying purpose is to tear people down versus building people up. As a people of faith, we're all about building people up. Our words. Proverbs 12, 18 says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Contrasting concepts. Words hurt deeply. How many of you have seen the movie Wonder? Have you seen the movie Wonder? Oh, go see the, find the movie Wonder and go see it. This precious little boy, Augie, had from birth facial deformity. He's a very small fellow. And he, he was homeschooled to a point where he felt he needed to go to school. And you could imagine what those days were like, those first days, with this severe deformity of face. And he went. And of course, you realize the kind of abuse that was hurled at him. But he had one friend that became very, very close to him. And he overheard that friend make a comment that if I had a face like that, I wish I wasn't alive. I just wouldn't want to be alive. And this person, he was developing trust with Augie, and, and it was so painful for him. So painful for him. Finally, at the end of the movie, they had reconciliation, but for a long time, he had nothing to do with him because the words are like pierced swords that hurt so deeply. When people say about us is never quite true, never quite false, they always miss the bullseye, but rarely fail to hit the target. And it's really true in our lives. Reckless words hurt deeply. But look at the contrast. Wise brings healing. Oh, folks, we need such healing of our souls, of our hearts, don't we? Don't you have a friend that, that speaks words of healing into your life, these soothing words that repair, that mend, that preserve health in our lives? All of us need such joy of healing in our lives. The best thing we can do in friendship is to speak those words of healing. Knowing people who speak into our lives is of enormous significance. Destructive pain versus words that heal. Words of healing. Finally, whatever, Proverbs 28, 23, whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor. But the contrasting concept is the one who, rather than the one who has a flattering tongue. This is a really important contrast that's here. Very, very important. You know, it's very, very important as a people of faith that we offer honest correction with one another. 
You know, I value so much the friendships of people that speak into my life. I value friendships. I might not be happy at the time, but I deeply value friendships of people who are willing to confront me honestly, but we have to do it with a deep concern for the other person. You see, honest correction is always other person-centered. It takes a very secure person in Christ, a very secure person in their relationship with God that will, will do that, speak into a life honestly. In most cases, somebody down the road will recognize that that person really cared and come to respect and value you. It's not a universal principle, but they will value you because that person really has the long-term good in mind, the long-term good. It's always long-term good when we honestly correct each other in love. Flattery, excessive and insincere praise comes from an insecure person who is selfishly motivated to pursue their own agenda and their own interests. It'll be pleasing for the moment, but it has no long-term benefit or gain. Do you flatter people? Do you say kind of things of praise insincerely? And folks, that is a selfish motivation, and you're concerned about your own interests, not theirs. And you know something the book of Proverbs says? It's all about our words being an encouragement to one another. This book continues to speak powerfully into our lives. This book does. Sticks and stones will break our bones, but the words will never hurt us is so far from the truth, folks. And we need those reminders. Maybe even a stone will be a reminder in your life. I want to take a few moments, as we have a few moments here at least, to say, can you give me an instance in your life where somebody has given you these encouraging words that meant so much to you? And Alicia and Colleen will have the microphone. I want to hear from each other. Who has done that in your life? Who have you valued so much and they've spoke into your life these kinds of words? Anybody would like to share that for the group? Oh, there we go, Pam. We just love sharing with each other in the service, don't we? <laughs> what a wonderful experience when we do that. I'll just start. <laughs> you start. Thank you, Pam. When, um, when, I, when we were raising our young children, um, there were some days that were really hard and um, going through some difficult things. And one day my mom just called me and said, I just want you to know you're doing a really good job. That great? Isn't it interesting how the Spirit of God through His Holy Spirit motivates us at time to call somebody and encourage them? Boy, that's happened in my life. Just a few other instances so we can bring practical reality to this teaching of Proverbs. Anybody else who has encouraged you so much by their words? I'm a visitor here with my son, CJ, but I have to tell you that I know of your encouraging words because CJ tells me of them and your acts of kindness. And that's the body of Christ to us. And it means the world to us because it's the way that the Lord is showing us his grace uh, to CJ and to us. So I praise him for this church and for all of you. When we're going through tough times, it means so much to get those encouraging words. Just anybody else. Some of you may have heard of an assessment tool called Strengths Finders. <laughs> and I have a brother-in-law that interprets that. And so it's been kind of a fun thing in our family. 
um, when you get together with the cousins and aunts and uncles to talk about someone's top five. <laughs> and it kind of gets the focus off, you know, the things you're doing wrong and what are you gifted at. And um, it's been a fun, fun tool for us. Yeah. Far better to emphasize and build on each other's strengths than to point out the weaknesses, aren't we? Areas of growth we need. Just one more. This just illustrates in this body how we much... Chris back there. Um, as many of you know, my family just recently, this spring, lost my dad. And um, I have just felt a lot of encouragement and support from this body of believers here. It's been really, really encouraging and helpful in the journey. Thanks. Isn't that great to hear? Isn't that great to hear? Isn't that? We can do better than what the culture does when it comes to this. Honesty with one another, but we do it with grace and we do it with concern. So as we unpack this book, I encourage you, may this be a catalyst in your thinking and maybe a little stone even can be a reminder. Something as small as this can be a reminder. It's a reminder of how we can use words that heal, words that encourage, words that are helpful for one another, and words that are lovingly honest with one another. Let's pray. Gracious God, we, we realize how difficult this is, Father, as we think about walking with you Father, I ask as a congregation that you might move into our hearts. Father, may we have this deep relationship with you that, that just overflows with this deep desire to encourage one another. Provide this comfort and strength that words can provide. Because behind the words is a person, Father. And by God's grace, may we be people who care for one another. Amen. They made me feel like a prisoner They made me feel set free They made me feel like a criminal They made me feel like a king They lifted my heart To places I've never been They dragged me down Back to where I began Words can build you up, words can break you down, start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life, let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you. You can heal the heartache, speak over the
and not just another noise. I wanna be your light. I wanna be your voice. Let my words be light. Let my words be true. the world back